welcome to Rollercast by Rollerfit. I'm Amelia. And I'm Stacey, and this is episode two. It is two. And today we're going to share a bit more about ourselves, about our stories, how we each came to roller skating. Uh, and we're also going to talk about work life skate balance. So, how we are both still learning how to balance our skating life with the rest of our lives. Yes. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a chat today. Let's start with you, Stacey. You have so many amazing stories about roller skating because it's been part of your life for such a long time. So tell me, how, how did you come to the world of roller skating? Basically, and I'm going to say this from the way my mum says it because I honestly don't remember because I was that young. Wow. I, I was either three or four years old. My mum took me to a mums and bubs class at our local roller skating rink and we did the chicken dance on skates and I just apparently just fell in love. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. I want to come back. And my mum basically went to my dad and said, this is something you can do with your daughter. And my dad started taking me two, three times a week to our local rink. Wow, that's amazing. And what rink did you train at? Because I remember you saying you spent a lot of time at a bunch of different rinks growing up because you were competing artistically. Um, And your friend's parents owned a rink in Sydney somewhere? Yes, the rink I started at was Skate Plus Carring Bar in the Sutherland Shire. And I'm sure there's many people out there that also skated at that rink. I actually think I started when they had a wooden floor and then they moved to a concrete floor. I'm uh, jealous I only skated on the concrete And there. then they painted it like maroon or something yeah. for a while there. Uh, so that was my main rink. And then I guess when you do start competing um, at a higher level, you do start to move around rinks a little bit more, uh, following your coach. Sometimes your coach would coach at different rinks and whatnot. So I also trained at Campbelltown Rink. And at one point, Campbelltown Skate Plus was owned by my best skating friend, Tara. It was owned by her parents. <laughs> so I literally at one point was almost living there on weekends. We would, I would finish school. We would drive out to Campbelltown. We would be at the rink, you know, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday. And then I would go wow. home and sometimes we would even sleep there. That's pretty cool. And I was sort of working there, I guess. I was, you know, young, um, mm. 12 or 14 or, you know, whatever that age is that you can work. I don't think I got paid, but <laughs> <laughs> I got paid in free sessions. Yeah, it was a labour of love. love yeah. mm. I remember doing skate hire and, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time at that rink as a mm. teenager. Mm. So You've mentioned a few times that you were competing. What were you competing in? Because I know there's a lot of different styles or like different competitions within artistic skating itself so what events were you so I started doing the lessons and you'd go through like a star class a few different levels and then after you go through those levels then basically you get assigned a coach I don't know how that process happens I'm not sure if they pick you or you pick them and then yeah I did artistic skating predominantly my brother did speed skating and I did artistic skating at a state and national level. My first nationals is when I was six in Perth. And I just remember being so nervous. I remember having like butterflies in my stomach. And that's my only memory of my first nationals was just being completely so nervous. Mm. I skated in free skating, which is the jumps and spins. And I skated in figures, which is tracing the circles. And I also did team events. uh, So precision, but I was always a lot better at figures than I was at free. I don't know why. I was a very shy child. And I think figures was 
good for someone like me. I just enjoyed looking at the line and tracing it. I don't know what it was. I actually enjoyed it. And not many kids say they enjoyed figures. It's very rare. Even ones that were good at figures tend to be like, I didn't like it, but I was good at it. For me, I actually enjoyed it. And free skating, you know, I was okay, but I think figures was definitely more my jam. Mm. Wow, that's a lot of skating. (laughs) I understand why you spent like literally all of your time when you went at school at the rink. So how old were you? Because you stopped competing at one point, didn't you? I did. I actually stopped competing, and I'm not sure if I've told you this. I stopped competing at two points. When I was 12, I quit. Apparently, I just came home one day. I was like, I don't want to skate anymore. And me and my dad were looking through like old programs recently, and he was like, remember when you quit for like a year and we are trying to figure out when it was? And literally, I quit for like a month. (laughs) I thought it was a really long time. (laughs) And I'm not sure. And I think the only reason why I quit is because of the travel at that point being to I don't know what it was it was very strange and then I like took up speed skating for a little bit again I don't think I was very good at it but I enjoyed doing inline and quad speed skating uh but then I finally quit properly when I was 16 at that point our local rink closed down and I think Campbelltown also closed down and then my coach owned a rink and I was training there and I just injured my knee and I just slowly like once I injured my knee I couldn't do free skating anymore and then you know then I was just doing figures and team events and then that just got too hard so I was just doing the team event and then I just ended up quitting and you know you're 16 there's Mm. other things happening I was at business college, I think, at the time as well. And I just, yeah, kept re-injuring my knee. And it was just came down to, like, too hard basket, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Stacey, you and I are the same age. So I think we kind of came up at a similar time, even though I wasn't competing when I was younger. I remember that time when a lot of the rinks across Sydney and New South Wales started closing. It was quite a sad time. It was really sad. Mm. And that it kind of was like a snowball effect, you know, like one closed down and the next one closed down and – you know, there's many reasons why they closed down and I won't go into detail, but like, obviously they're very expensive to run and it was sad. And, um, yeah, my local rink closed down, which I also know was your <laughs> local rink. It was, yes. And they just bulldozed the building at some point And oh now it's just an empty block of land, I think, Stay- with <sighs> over like grown grass. And every time I don't drive past it very often, yeah. but every now and then, like I cry a little bit. It's I really sad. Literally, so the Skate Plus Caring Bar, which was our shared local rink when we were going up, is right next to mine and Matt's high school where we went to high school and we, we occasionally go back there to visit family and stuff and I'm exactly the same. I, I tear up when I see that block where it used to be. Just so many good memories and and look, we're still in a similar situation today with the lack of rinks in Sydney. Um, we yeah. have a lot of people messaging us, emailing us, I know, multiple times a week saying, are you a skating rink? They, yeah, they think we're a roller skating yeah, rink. Yeah, whereas... Whenever my phone rings, not. my partner says, are you a roller skating rink? Because whenever I answer my phone, <laughs> that's the first thing yeah. that people ask. And I guess yeah. just if people see roller skating and they just automatically assume rink. Yeah, but we um, actually have to train in sports courts basically. Yeah, because the closest rink to us and we're like, well, Amelia's in the centre of Sydney, basically, you know, is a good hour and a half away and Sydney traffic's terrible. So sometimes it could take longer. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. sad about the rinks. It is sad. And I mean, we'll probably talk about this in a, a later episode. I know when I came to Roller Fit, I felt like it was a revival of skating for me. And I love seeing kids getting to skate and you know new people coming to skating or people who skated when they were younger coming back it's really beautiful to see and I really hope that more spaces continue to open up um, so that we can you know have more places to skate it sounds like you know you left skating at around the age of 16 
now you <laughs> work full time as a skater and you run not one but two roller skating businesses. Yes. So how did you come back to skating? And I want to <laughs> prompt you with another story here because I love when you tell this story. So didn't a friend ask you to like skate at a, like a nightclub or something? And that's how you so came back. it was so random. A friend of ours was just over our house one afternoon and he was just talking to me and my flatmate. He was like, I bought these roller skates on eBay and I had this idea where people could waitress at our um, indie club night in Sydney. Wouldn't that be like the best? It'd be so cool. And I was like, I used to roller skate. And he's like, no, no, you didn't. And then my friend who I lived with knew me back then. And she's like, yeah, yeah, she used to compete. I was like, yeah, I did used to compete. It was almost like I had forgotten. I know that sounds really Mm. strange. It, it does sound really strange. It's almost like I forgot and I was like, oh, yeah, I used to skate. Oh, I skated at States. Oh, I stayed at Nationals. Oh, I think I was an okay, I was an okay yeah, skater. Yeah, it was like a huge part of your life growing yeah, up. Yeah, it was. And it was just a really, you know, interesting thought process that came about. Anyways, obviously I said yes. I was like, yes, I'll do the job. So I rang my dad and I was like, dad, do you still have my skates? And he sort of was, um, of course, I would never sell your skates. He kept so many of them. Steven. Which is so nice. Yes. Thanks, dad, if you're listening <laughs> for keeping uh, most of my skates. Uh, so basically, uh, my friend Tim, who booked me for this job, was at Purple Sneakers at the Abercrombie Hotel for any of the Sydney people. They used to have bands there sometimes, and they had an upstairs area where I guess the bands would hang out, the green room. And they had this night, and they bas- I basically just had to deliver drinks to them. But I hadn't skated in forever. Well, it felt like forever. Seven years, I think it was. I did sporadic. I think I went to a roller disco in London and I went to like a reunion once, but that was sort of it. I think I bombed a hill once and that didn't end very well at one point (laughs) as well in that seven year period. Yeah. So I was back on them and I was like, oh, I don't know if I remember how to do any of this. So yeah, I didn't take long and I was shoot the ducking down the hallway of the green room and handing out drinks and it was a super fun night so that gig I guess sort of revived my Mm. roller skating passion thanks Tim and then roller fit I guess came later and we'll go into detail with that another time yeah yeah but you've yeah you've really gone from as you said, sporadically skating, back to something you did a bit more. And, yeah, I'm really interested to hear. I don't think I've actually ever heard you tell the full story of how Roller Fit developed. Yeah. So, And I think when I put those skates back on at Purple Sneakers, it was just that feeling of excitement again. Mm. It's like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And my friends who were at that event um, as well were just, like, so excited for me. And I just uh, – I think I, ha- I have two photos for that event, which makes me really sad. I wish I had more photos. And I just look so happy and, mm. you know, it was just this, like, oh, I remember this feeling. You know, mm. this is a good feeling. I mm. remember this and I, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, and it's so cool that you've now – like made you've captured that feeling and you've made that a part of your everyday life but also the everyday lives of so many people who have come to roller fit and come back to skating or or to skating for the first time through that so you know you inspire me oh thank you (laughs) i really love hearing your story um so how did you guys or you but also matt will be in this story somewhere too i assume He, he will be yes he definitely features i grew up living down the street from our local shared local roller skating rink, Skate Plus Carrying Bar. And it's so funny, Stacey, there are so many points in time at which we are like, we definitely were in the same room together, the same rink together, skating around so many times. Um, we grew up in the same area, if people yeah. don't know. Um, 
that. So basically there's an area in Sydney called the Sutherland Shire and we both, I guess, I didn't grow up there my whole life, but, yeah, they're a big chunk of my life, so I feel like we cross paths, yeah. especially at the rink. Yes, and even, yeah, anyway, like relatedly you later moved to like a really small town on the south coast of New South Wales where my grandparents lived so there were so many points at which our lives crossed but we never actually met um anyway I'll I'll tell the story of how we met but yeah so I grew up skating yeah every weekend I started skating probably between the ages of six or seven because that was when we moved to the Shire so probably between the ages of seven and 16, I spent pretty much every weekend at the rink. I was a speed skater. <laughs> I didn't compete or anything. Like I could literally go around the rink really fast, but but that was it. I didn't know any tricks. I couldn't skate backwards. I just loved the feeling of skating at top speed, you know, as fast as I could. It was something that I did with my family. So I did it with my dad um, and my sister We and my cousins. We would kind of go every weekend. It was the thing to do. So while I couldn't, do anything very impressive on skates I could do a mean macarena (laughs) yes I really could and that we were talking about this the other day like the steps dance five six six, seven eight eight, my boots scooting but I yeah how's our dad's Mm. like coming I guess your dad skated Mm. but mine didn't and thank you so much dad because I'm sure my dad will listen to this my dad would would spend hours and hours at the rink you know so it's just amazing that our parents took us but your dad skated which is really yeah well my dad actually learned to skate with us as we were skating so I don't think he'd really skated beforehand but you're right like his commitment to to taking us and gosh he got me my first ever pair of skates I still have them they were the pair that I started skating a roller fit on like this really old school custom beautiful speed skates um, Australian made and yeah yeah you're right it was a, a really beautiful thing to do with our dads and yeah my parents weren't together I think your parents also my parents weren't, weren't together at it the was time like a bonding yeah it was a really nice bonding experience with our dads and um yeah, my dad's come to a few roller fit classes in he recent has. years and really loved it. And yeah, it's great to see. I'm also glad that I married a, a, someone who also loves skating. But anyway, I'll get maybe I'll talk about mine and Matt's story. Yes, as well. Yeah, now so, um, yeah, so Matt and I met at high school and we started dating when we were both about fourteen or fifteen. Uh, so one of our first dates was actually at the rink. That's so cute. And. I was actually really excited for him to come so I could show off my roller skating skills. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to impress him. Um, and he was, he was really good. He wasn't too intimidated by my, my, my speed skating and he put on his blades and we had a romantic roll around together. It was really, really nice. Blades were very much the rage at the time. They were the rage. The way, in the 90s, early 2000s, it was kind of like you were you were unique if you were on quad skates, and I always skated on quad skates. Mm. Everyone else I knew was on blades because they were cool. So I did both. Did you? People always ask me this. They're like, yeah. "Oh, don't you find inline skating or blades easier?" But I just I find them I find quad a lot easier now. But yeah, inlines definitely. At one point, I remember one time, or well, not one time, multiple times, I would wear my um like inline speed skates on one foot, and then my artistic quads Whoa. on my other foot and I would do like speed skates in it at the rink because I was at the rink so much That's and we would cool. do all the sessions and me and my friend would do it and I just I'm like why would I why did I do that but apparently I just found it really funny That's impressive fun. if I would have seen that I would have been like wow that girl's cool like I don't know which ones I want to wear I'll wear both That's pretty cool <laughs> Yeah I've tried blades like I tried blades at the time originally when I started skating and I've tried them again since coming back and I don't know I find them quite difficult you always have to be on an edge I just like the balance and the ease that comes with quad skating 
Anyway, so yeah, I had a lot of time away from skating um, when the rinks closed down because sadly our roads and stuff like there aren't a lot of outdoor spaces to skate either. Especially back Sydney. then, pre-Olympics, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Once the Olympics was in Sydney 2000, yeah. um, I think they, I feel like they upgraded a lot of the paths and although they're still not perfect and yeah it was hard to skate outside yeah so yeah that's something I didn't really do so I um but I still had my you know custom speed skates tucked away in my cupboard and I actually reconnected with skating at a 1980s themed roller disco that you ran yes yeah which (laughs) is funny which is the second disco that you ever ran like as part of your business yes when we used to run big roller yeah which was was pretty cool it was through that event which matt also came to that i found out about roller fit and it took me a few months to get there i was pretty nervous i was like oh i haven't skated in a long time what's it going to be like like are there going to be some incredible like really experienced skaters at this class but i finally got the guts to go and I loved it. Loved Roller Fit. Oh, it's so good. And I went to a few classes and I came to Matt and said, you know what, Matt, I think you'd actually really enjoy this. Like this is a really fun form of fitness. And and also, yeah, skating is just so fun. And he says that he came along <laughs> to support me and, you know, help me to kind of stay consistent, stay, stay linked in with skating. And I'm so glad he did because he's now an incredible skater and we spent a lot of time together skating and, you know, a little bit competitive at times, but in a good way, you know, like we inspire each other to... So romantic. Actually, let's speak of that competitive streak that you guys have because I have a story. (laughs) Do you? We were playing a game at Rollerfit. We play this game called, oh, my gosh, uh, Shoot the Duck Wars. So Mm. you're down in a shoot the duck and basically you've got to try and push everyone over and the last person standing wins. And Matt and Amelia were the last two people left in their shoot the duck position and I guess you use your hands a little bit for speed and Matt pushed Amelia so hard into the wall. (laughs) I do remember that. And it was really funny and everyone was like, ooh, because, yeah, yeah, he pushed you pretty hard and and Matt won. Um, So the competitiveness was there. (laughs) And I think your ankle was a little bit sore afterwards. I think that was actually a couple of weeks before we did – you remember you guys did the Bathurst run? You did the Bathurst 5000 – Mm. Um, don't try it at home skaters, but, um, yeah, you did that run and I think I couldn't do it because I'd hurt my ankle, but, um. Yeah. Then where's the competitiveness is definitely. Yeah. There. Look, there a is. A little bit. Yeah, there is. I think it's lessened over time as we've become, I guess, cause we're both instructors now. And so we teach. And so it's more about inspiring each other to, to teach and to grow as like instructors as well as skaters. Um, and I think discovering the style of dance as well, dance skating, that's probably mine and Matt's shared, you know, favourite style. Um, and that's something that's really easy and actually more fun to do together with someone else. So, yeah, I consider myself incredibly lucky to have a partner who shares my passion. And it's something that we travel together as well. Like when we travel, we take our skates and we make it like a skating holiday. Um, yeah, it's, it's just great. Matt's awesome. That's so good. Yeah. So nice. He's such a great a, Such an adorable story. And for those people that haven't met, met Matt and Miller out there, they're just the best. So, yeah, Aww. hopefully you'll get to meet next time you guys travel. Yeah. Um, so our next topic. Yeah, balancing skating and work. So we, when we were talking about 
episodes we wanted to do and topics we wanted to discuss, this was one that was really high on our list. How to balance life, work and skating and how to improve and grow in your skating when you actually have a lot of other things on. You have a life. Yeah, you have a life. You have a family, you have partners, you have work, you have study. And look, skating for the vast majority of people is a passion. It's not a job. It's not something that you get paid to do. So it's something that you really have to carve out and make time to do. And I just think everyone's situation is so different and finding a balance can be really difficult. Mm. And we get asked, I get asked a lot actually, or I think even just roller fit in general or people talk about it a lot, like how do you balance it and how do you make the time and how do you improve? And like you say, it's different for every single Mm. person Mm. and it also – yeah, your life situation is always so different. And I feel like you have a different life situation throughout your life. So me, when I started skating again, to me now is, you know, I'm not living where I was living. I now have a partner, you know, Mm. it's a different situation. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I think a lot of people don't know that when you came back into skating, you were actually working full time for a company. And you were also trying to run two businesses and improve your, I guess, skating skills because you'd had some time away. How did you do that? Like, how did you find the time? (laughs) Well, yeah, so I managed a company. So I was working like, you know, 42 hour a week or, you know, something, something ridiculous. Um, Not saying I don't work (laughs) that long now. I just get to work in skating now, which is awesome. Feels less like work, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, And I was just starting Roller Girl Promotions and Roller Fit. So I was doing both of those plus the business. And I, yeah, I definitely found it difficult sometimes. I think for me back then, again, it was seven years ago, I wasn't in a relationship. I was single. I didn't Mm. have kids. Um, And I think that definitely probably made it a tiny bit easier in saying that I just really forced myself to make time for it. So whether it be a certain night that I skated, so every Friday night I would go skate out at Menai at the indoor sports center there. And I would sometimes get a few lessons off some coaches there. If I didn't go, they would they would think something was up, you know, so it was like that commitment, making myself to commit to that day. Mm. And I think maybe that is a good way of sort of forcing yourself to do it. But yeah, that's sort of the day that I skated. And then other than that, I just would jump onto some city skates every now and then. Again, I was in a different situation, but I I managed to balance it. I'm not sure how (laughs) when I think back. I, you know, I did. And I think that commitment to that Friday night really helped. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, as you say, your life circumstances change a lot over time. Like in my early days when I came back to skating, um, yeah, I was balancing like multiple jobs. I was doing academic work, like at university was quite demanding. I was also doing full-time study. And for a very brief time, I was competing in figure skating. You know, you were training me and Hmm. um, that was something that I really enjoyed, but could only kind of do for a short period of time, partly because we no longer have figure circles at our venue um but that's another story but yeah and also balancing skating and my relationship with matt like we're really lucky now that we skate together in those early days we didn't so you know that was definitely a factor like balancing your other relationships and commitments and balancing seeing family as well especially when they for both of us they don't live close at all yeah it is really difficult and when you're generally spending time on weekends Like, that's your skating time. It's also the time in which you would be seeing family and friends. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if you feel this way, but, yeah, you definitely 
I definitely feel like I've had to make sacrifices in order to prioritize skating, and I'm sure even more so for you. Most definitely, especially when I did come back and I did start the businesses. I guess at that time I was travel. I was working to travel. I love traveling, and I was going out and partying heaps with my friends, and that was basically my life. Sounds really boring now, but <laughs> that was my life for like five to seven years, traveling and partying. And I guess I start had to start saying no to going out with my friends, which I think sadly did slowly destroy not destroy, but some of my relationships with some of my friends. You know, wasn't as smooth because I was allocating that time to skating and they they were non-skating friends and mm. I do have a lot of non-skating friends obviously they were very understanding at the same time and very supportive I definitely think you know you do have to make sacrifices and you know you ch- people change as well and you mm. move and grow and it's like well this is going to be what I want to do now I don't want to go out partying anymore yeah every weekend you know I want to do it sometimes but not all the time yeah so it's interesting you talk about non-skating friends versus skating friends because yeah, it's just an interesting categorization to have, isn't it? I do the same. Like, that's how I, I refer to people. And one of the things that has helped me, I don't know, or inspired me to stay in skating or, you know, really continue to prioritize it is that it's just such a great, the Rollerfit community is just such a great community of people. Yeah. It's really inspiring. Made some really good friends, including yourself, that yes. I just would not have ever crossed paths with. Exactly. And I think your non-skating friends, um, Will and I have some really great who have been supportive from the day go and you know who you are, um, have always embraced my skating friends. Mm. So which, you mm. know, has been really wonderful as well. And then some other friends who I might not really be close with anymore, you know, I've just chosen that path and they've chosen that path. And I think sometimes, yeah, you make sacrifices and you know maybe you move yeah, on. it happens it happens in life so obviously now you like skating is your full-time job yes uh you're running two businesses yes um so now know. i have the luxury of managing my time yeah yeah you manage it differently so yeah in saying that though i skate a lot to teach and perform rather than skating for myself and i know that might sound a bit strange to some people way I say it like that because obviously performing is really fun and teaching is really fun and I don't see it as like work work all the time but there's a whole admin element which is probably I do more admin than I do actually <laughs> um, mm. teach and perform and sometimes teaching and performing can be you know a little bit not stress the teaching not stressful but the performing stressful mm. so a good example of this is although performing is really fun you have to rehearse um, when you do a full performance and then you turn up to the gig and you see the floor and it's half the size of what they told you it was. You know, they, they said it was five by five metres and you turn up and it's two by three. So things like that are very stressful, which makes performing not as enjoyable because, mm. uh, you know, and we can touch on more of the performing side another time, but that's where I'm not skating for myself. You know, I turn up a client's like, well, you still have to do the performance in the way that, you know, it's amazing. So you have to change it. And, you know, you spend the next 20 minutes in the green room trying to figure out how you're going to fit that cartwheel on there mm. without falling off the stage. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my point to this story is that having a skating business doesn't always necessarily mean you're skating for yourself. And I'm talking for me, I'm not sure about other people that work in roller skating. I have to prioritize time to skate for myself. Yeah, for sure. And I make myself do that. And I guess 
a lot of people that follow me probably say I skate by myself a lot. And that is my me time. That's my therapy. That's my skate therapy. That's my thing. I enjoy skating by myself. I obviously love skating with my friends and that's not work at all. But I do skate by myself deliberately because I feel like I need that time. I'm a very Mm. like solo person when it comes to spending, you know, I don't know. I'm just an introvert mm. in that respect, mm. I guess. I just like being by myself. Yeah. I like <laughs> I like spending time with myself that's sometimes nice. um, and I like doing that while roller skating. Yeah, that's lovely. I find a, a similar thing. Like I think I think it is about how you conceptualise skating and, and where you place it in your life is going to influence, I guess, how much time you spend on it and whether you spend that time with others or by yourself, as you were saying, will be dependent on your personality and a number of different things. I really see so, uh, skating as a form of self-care for, for me. You use the term skate therapy. I've heard so many skaters use that term. Like they see it as a almost like a, a meditative practice. Like it's something you can really do and relax and enjoy. And yeah, so that's something that's really important to me. Becoming an instructor probably three, four years ago now, it's different. Like I now feel a responsibility, obviously, to keep my skills up and to keep pushing and challenging myself to grow in my skating skills so that I can then, you know, pass those on to others and and, and help others train and improve and grow. So I have time where I teach and I skate for others. And it's hard to find that time to yeah, I guess to skate for yourself. Yeah. Not just a- to improve your skills, but to in- just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And I've only been full-time with my skating business for about 18 months. Mm. Um, I had a part-time job before that and I think, you know, that changes things again because, you know, I have just having this as your sole income can be stressful in itself oh, sure, yeah. as well. Yeah, just making that time to, you know, sit myself down and be like, okay, you allocate this as your work and then – at 6 p.m., you're going to go to the skate park, you know, and that's going to be your skate time, meet up with the local, you know, gators and go skating with them and, and differentiate the two from work from skating. Mm. For me, and like I said, my my story is very unique. I guess there isn't as many people out there skating mm. that also run skating businesses. Yeah. But I would love to hear from people that do run skating businesses, whether that be a shop or teaching classes and how you manage yeah. your me time in skating as opposed to, you know, growing skating yeah because that's how I see my teaching and Mm. my business like I want to grow skating because I love it more skating please totally more people involved and you know spend a lot of time and again probably spend more time sitting at the computer (laughs) sadly (laughs) but it's it sounds like I like that that you have a way to differentiate your time you're still skating is still your passion and doing it for work full time I don't know it's like cool to see that it hasn't it hasn't drained your passion for skating in any way. No, in fact, it not. seems to have continued to grow. And that's so funny because I saw my brother last night and um, we were joking around about something and he turned to my partner and said, does she just talk about skating all the time? <laughs> and I was like, well, and then my partner sort of nodded, but I was like, well, it's not only my job, it's also my hobby and my passion. So yeah. obviously I'm going to be talking about skating all the time. So if you're wondering, yes, I talk about skating all the time. <laughs> Apparently I do nothing else. Yeah, which is why this <laughs> podcast seems just so fitting, so, so fitting. Yeah, yeah, skating is something that is on my mind a lot too. Um, like at the moment I'm teaching at least twice a week in Sydney because um, Matt is off skates at the moment, having had surgery, so more of that teaching is for me. And you know, I won't go into this in any great detail in this episode because we want to talk about it later. But, yeah, I have a, a chronic illness. I have a, you know, um, 
autoimmune related illness. And so that affects how often I can skate, how fatigued I am after skating. So <clears throat> at the moment, I kind of really mostly skate when I teach. Mm. Um, and to me, that's not ideal because, as I said, I want to, you know, see it, see it as something that I can do for myself and continue to improve those skills. Um, but it's like you just have to take snippets of time, like in the first five minutes that you warm up or, you know, if there's some court time free after you finish your teaching on a Sunday, that's kind of the time where I'm like, I will skate for myself. And, you know, it's kind of amazing what you can do if you're focused for a really short period of time. If you've got something really specific that you want to work on, for me, it's like spins or like, you know, a particular dance, dance skating move. Uh, yeah, it's it's just nice to be like, okay, even with five or ten minutes, I, I can do this. I can I can challenge myself and I can improve. And talking about improving on mm. skating, actually why we're there, and talking about commitment, and I guess a lot of people always ask, like, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay committed, you know, to get better? That's a lot of questions I get asked. And one thing I always say is that I'm not always motivated. I do a lot of off-skate training because I do have an old injury and I'm not always motivated to do it. I think having that commitment to a day or a person to meet up with or if you have a local rink to a class, if you have that. I know not everyone, especially listening to this podcast, has these options. You might be in a city and you're the only roller skater, which might be quite difficult. Yeah. And I'm sure there's people out there um, and i you know, sympathize with you. I can't imagine what it would be like to have no one to skate with or not many people to skate with or places for that matter. And just having that commitment to the day, like Tuesday night's my skate night. I love that. It's my skate night. Yeah. Instagram group. Yeah, hashtag IMSN. Yeah. It's awesome because I, I think having that commitment and being like, that's my skate night. Your friends know that's your skate night. Your family knows that's your skate night. That's my skate night. Yeah. And you might you have a bad Tuesday at work and not want to go skating and not want to be motivated and just sit on the couch and binge Netflix. I mean, yeah. We've all been there. But I think just getting up and going because you know you're going to feel better. Like the hardest thing is getting there, right? That's so true. But once you're there, you always feel better. You always and, feel amazing. You know, speaking of people being, you know, maybe the only roller skater in their town, I tell you what, the online community of skating is pretty amazing. It's an international community. It's a growing community. So I would say find some skate friends online. Like Instagram is an amazing place to, yeah, to come across skaters, to share moves, to share ideas, and just to be inspired as well. And the online games, like the Mm. international game of roller skate, and if you you know, I'm not sure what that is. It's a game of roller skate that's on Facebook. You know, enter in that game. I think um, Gwen Gooley Mm. from Moxie Skate Team, one of my teammates, she is doing like a challenge at the moment every Sunday and they're really fun and interesting. And I haven't entered yet. I'm so sorry. I really wanted to enter. (laughs) I just haven't had the time. Here we go. Like, I can't make the time. (laughs) And I hear my talking about balancing. (laughs) Take my own advice. (laughs) Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, And I would love to, you know, I think that's a great way of connecting as well if you, you know, Every Sunday, you know, she releases a new one, which is awesome. You should go follow her. We'll link Mm. it in the show notes. And we obviously do our Roller Fit Challenge as well. Mm. So I think that doing those sort of online challenges and connecting Mm. and the Moxie Daily Skate. Yeah, Moxie Skate Daily. So most of the people who are listening to this probably know about this. But if you're interested, hashtag Moxie, M-O-X-I, Skate Daily on Instagram. This is another way to kind of keep, 
keep consistent, keep yourself accountable and linking you into a community. So we have so many people that are online as well as a lot of our roller fit regulars who do this challenge. It's basically you commit to skating every day. doesn't matter if it's for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. Um, a lot of people do it at home. Mm, um, I noticed that, That's which really is really cool. cool. Like you know, we sh- and you guys are all amazing. The people doing it out there, oh, my gosh! Yeah. And we've seen uh, f- quite a few of our regulars are doing the Moxie Skate Daily Challenge, and just the improvements that we've seen in the the quality of their skating is actually quite incredible. Yeah, and um, I think it comes down to that consistency again. Yeah, you know, uh, having those nights that you uh, these are the nights I skate, and that's how you improve. Like consistency. Yeah. In my opinion, consistency is key. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily landing that trick or doing, you know, a crazy move or trying to learn something each and every time. You know, as an artistic skater, it could take you years to get a jump. Like yeah. that's just, that was quite normal to take a long time to land something properly. And the consistency of doing it every week is what's going to mm. get you to that goal, mm. but not necessarily I need to unlock a new trick every week or a yep. dance move. You know, sometimes you'll skate and it won't feel that great, but the fact that you got on skates, yep. it's all time on skates. That's right. Time on skates. Yeah, time on skates is important. And that's, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. I find that really interesting because I notice sometimes I get in my head when I skate and I want to see an improvement sometimes every time I skate. And I've just come to realize over time that that's not going to happen. It's just not realistic. And plus you have like off days yeah. or like, you know, it's but it's not realistic. So you plateau. Everyone plateaus. Everyone gets to a level where they're not necessarily improving quickly. And I don't know, like what's your thoughts about that? Like how to push through when... Yeah, good question, mm, actually. When you come um, to a plateau. I de- yeah, and plateau plateau is real. Especially <laughs> I find when you start skating, for any of the new skaters out there, you'll mm. improve really quickly and then you'll plateau. Yeah. You know, because you'll get all the basics down and then, you know, there's so much to learn and then you get to a certain level where it's, it's like you've dabbled in a little bit of everything. Can you have a little bit of everything? Can you feel like you plateau? And I guess one thing that I've really liked coming back to my newly found love for ramp skating is that sometimes take a step back. Hmm. and look at your past and be like, wow, look how far I've come. And maybe try something different to just get yourself outside of that box. You know, so for me, I felt like I was plateauing in my dance. Um, And I just felt like for a while there, I was just not really improving on my dance and not really knowing how to train either, like just not really getting into the groove. So I started doing ramps and then I feel like it's re-sparked my dance. Huh. It's like, oh, I love, interesting. and I've never not loved dance, but I just felt Mm. like I had that plateau moment. And I'm sure there's skaters out there that have had, and I've seen people write about it on Instagram, just feel like, you know, I'm feeling uninspired or, Mm. you know, I haven't been skating as much because I'm not really sure what I want to get into. And I think taking that step back and just looking at how far you've come, like, Mm. wow, or looking at an old video, videoing yourself is amazing. And just be like, wow, look at me two years ago. Like I have improved so much, you know, and we all plateau just, you know, try and do something different, yeah. I think. Yeah, what you were saying about the videos, I feel like when I started out, I was very hesitant to film myself because I was like, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I don't want to post anything. I didn't even want to film myself to watch myself. But I tell you what, like I wish that I filmed myself more when I was starting out, particularly when I was dance skating because I did find a video the other day from about two years ago, a very rare video that I had of me doing crazy legs. And I was like, wow, I have actually... Like sometimes I get down on myself and I'm just really happy to have that. So I encourage you, you know, all you folks out there who are like, oh, I'm not good enough or whatever. Like that's one thing I love about the Moxie Skate Daily Challenge is that people are just filming themselves, 
you know, starting where you're at because that's the only place you can start, right, is just yeah. where you are at right now and, and be proud. And I think um, – Well, it's your own personal diary. It is, like, I see yeah. my personal Instagram page as my own personal diary. I see you it know, as that what too. It's like a, a diary of your – your skate yeah (laughs) skate diary and it's in video and photo form i think there's pressure on social media sometimes to present a certain image of ourselves i think that's why we might hesitate Mm. of posting stuff that isn't perfect or isn't great and i think that's a bit dangerous because it encourages us to think that we need to be great at stuff straight away it's funny because i love progress videos yeah i do too and falls and bails and i wish like i always miss my falls like i video i don't video my whole sessions and i I, you know be interesting too i always Mm. just video at the end and then i don't get to get all my falls in there but i love some of the bail videos or just progress videos i like in general i like seeing the process yeah, I agree. Of the skating, because obviously, like, not I'm not going to say no one, but many people don't get the moves. I'm not going to say no one because, again, Eugene, we spoke about in the last time, just did 360 <laughs> on the ramps straight away. Oh, my goodness. But, like, um, first session. But, yeah, most people, you know, you don't get a move straight away, and it's nice seeing the progress. So, mm. yeah, if you are posting on Instagram – yeah, I guess don't feel like you need a doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah, please just share it with us. We really want to see it. Really want to see how and you're going. And you're you're your own worst critic. That's as so well. true. Yeah, that is so true. We're always harder on ourselves than other people are. And opening yourself up to a community, a supportive skating community, and opening yourself up to advice and and support from skaters that are more experienced than you are. Uh, again, like why not? That's only going to lead to to positive things. And constructive criticism isn't. Yeah, so I think it just comes back to that consistency. Find a night, a group, an online thing, and that will just help with you improving skating. That's like our tips. And committing to time on skates, honestly, even if you're not, as you said, unlocking any trick, even if you're not particularly challenging yourself, I think time on skates is important. I do think we tend not to want to work on the stuff that makes us feel uncomfortable, like the hard stuff. It's less fun, but, you know, maybe one you know, one time a week or you set yourself a goal to work on something hard and then you just spend time enjoying yourself because that's what it's all about, right? Having like, fun. You want to just have fun and, and that's what, yeah, what we're into. So, yeah, we would love to hear any kind of questions or comments that you have regarding this topic, you know, yeah. skate life balance. Um, we can definitely do a follow-up episode. Is there anything in particular you'd like to know, um, anything you're interested to know? So this is definitely a topic we could chat about for hours. But we better not. Yeah, we, we should go now. So um, Skate Jam. Yeah, Skate Jam. So what song are you listening to right now, Stacey? Well, sorry, I'm just going to quickly look to see what it's called. It is called I Can Make You Dance Ooh. by Zap. Oh, Z-A-double-P. Awesome. Anyways, I will put it in the Spotify, Spotify playlist. Yeah, awesome. Rollercast playlist and yours. Great. Well, I've been listening to – this is an old song. It's a song – well, not that old. It's a song from 2017, um, Passion Fruit by Drake. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just like a really chill beat and I, I like dancing to it, so that's what I've been, yeah, listening to lately. Yeah. And what trick have you been working on lately? Skate skate skill. Skate skill lately. I've been trying to um, get my sit spins a little bit better. Okay. So I, you know, grew up artistic skating and doing sit spins and whatnot and having all that time off skates and then injuries and, you know, et cetera, life. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't. I don't practice artistic very much because I don't have – or I, I don't make the time to practice it. <laughs> the <laughs> court time. The court time is the main thing. Court, yeah. And, yeah, I'm just trying to practice sit spins a little bit more. You know, I I, I know the technique and everything. Again, it's just time on skates. It's yeah. just practicing. Yeah. Sit spins are one of my, like, 
skate goals, like long-term skate goals that I have for myself to be able to achieve, but I'm I'm not there yet. And you're? Yeah, so I am working on uh, the grapevine move, which is a, a, a dance-related move. Yeah, I saw Chris Chris Nima, who was an amazing skater. I think he's from Canada. Oh, yeah, um, he's so good. Oh, I love his videos. Please go follow him. Chris, C-R-I-C-H-R-I-S-N-E-I-M-A. He did I a video this morning that I saw on Instagram. Oh, so good. Anyways, yes, mm, go follow Yeah, him. so I just oh, – he's just a great dance skater, and I saw him doing a grapevine variation the other day. So the grapevine is kind of quite a flowy move. It's kind of like a sideways – you know twizzle move it's hard to describe but I'm trying to do it on my toes so instead of just kind of doing it on flat feet it's that cool level of like just challenging enough while still being fun so yeah that's primarily what I'm working on Mm. all right yeah well thanks everyone yeah thanks for joining us today um we're gonna say we'd love to hear your favorite skate jams like what are your favorite songs that you love to skate to um we'll give it a shout out yeah give us a give us an email it's um stacy at rollerfit.com.au with yeah give us some more songs to (laughs) skate to because so we can add it to our list yeah we'd love to anyway thanks for joining us today and sweet Sweet skate skate dreams dreams. (laughs)